0: This is the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Sportpens International Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole.
1: Welcome to the podcast. We have another great show. Before we welcome our guests, I want to remind you to like, subscribe, and share our program. And this helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information designed for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. And actually, we're going to probably be hitting on all of those people today as we welcome back to the program Jenny Rerick, communication coach, fit to speak. Uh, Jenny, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me back, Marcus. Always fun talking to you. We're excited to have you on because today it's all about feedback. Uh, From a parent perspective, from a coaching perspective, even from a peer-to-peer feedback, um, that can be a little bit tricky one just because you are on that peer-to-peer level. Um, So why don't we go ahead and just dive right in, Jenny. Talk to us a little bit about what feedback is, what is good feedback, what is not so good feedback.
0: I somewhat recently had been reading a book on feedback and I really loved the definition they used. And the book was written by Charles and Edith Seashore. And the feedback definition they give is that feedback is information about past behavior delivered in the present, which may influence future behavior. When we look at what feedback is, all that means is when we're giving feedback, feedback is about something that's already occurred we decide to give feedback either on our own or someone solicits feedback from us and the intention of feedback is to change the way they do that something in the future the key word that stands out to me in that definition is that it may influence future behavior there's i think there's this misconception or misunderstanding that when we give when we give someone feedback that as long as it's good enough or it's done in the right way that they're going to act on it, which in most cases is not true. And I think that's frustrating for people who enjoy giving feedback is when someone doesn't take them up on what that feedback is.
1: Now, we just talked before we came on the show here, talked about the difference between feedback and coaching. Can you talk to us about that?
0: When you mentioned you wanted to speak on feedback, that was the first thought that came to my mind is, well, what is the difference between coaching and feedback? And when I, when I think about the difference, when I imagine coaching, coaching to me is all future focused. It's in, it's helping people through inquiry and relationship to get them to almost come to their own conclusions about how to improve a skill in the future or how to move in the direction of their goals. Feedback is about something that's already happened. And so you're reflecting on something objective through your subjective reality of what you perceived it to be. And it might influence something in the future. So feedback at very simplistically feedback is more critical in nature, whereas coaching is probably more positive based in an effort to improve what happens in the future.
1: So if I'm a coach and I want to provide feedback to my players, obviously you said that's a little bit more critical in nature. Um, What can I do to provide that feedback? And I don't want to say not be as critical because, I mean, obviously in in feedback there has to be, you have to have a realist tendency. You have to have the the self-awareness, I guess, of being, knowing that, you know you're 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 not the best player in the world, and you have things to work on, and that type of thing. What can we do to? I don't want to say cushion the blow, but you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm.
0: The the first thing I I believe is most important is shifting your mindset in assuming that when you give someone feedback, they should take it as if it's been a gift given to them, which is something that's often associated with feedback. Is oh, feedback is a gift. There's this this idea that feedback is a gift for most people, that's not true. Most people, even if they say they're open to feedback, feedback doesn't usually feel like a gift. And it's not to say we shouldn't give feedback, but it is to say that manage your expectations and assume that when this person hears the feedback, there's going to be a part of them that's going to feel a little personally attacked, and that's natural. And you should be prepared for that, because if you're prepared for that, then you can both Validate and respond to their emotions, as well as then move into helping them apply the feedback that you're giving them. A couple of things that I would encourage anybody who's giving feedback to keep in mind is number one, feedback always needs to be concrete and specific. What that means is if I'm going to give you feedback, I need to tell you here's what I observed objectively about your behavior, something you said, how you, how you did this thing in the game or how you executed this play or tactic and the specifics around it instead of just saying you always do this or you know last week and i put this blanket judgment on it it needs to be concrete and specific because people need to be able to look back and remember themselves in that moment in order to connect with the feedback personally the second thing feedback needs to be timely And if you can give feedback in private as opposed to doing it publicly, that's better. When I say timely, feedback is most impactful when it's delivered as close to the moment it's observed as possible. If you and I are, if I'm coaching you, Marcus, and let's say for a week, I'm observing you in practice and I wait till the end of the week and I got, I have a laundry list of feedback I'm going to give you about some of your skills only what happened probably today and yesterday is going to be most relevant to you but if i'm giving you feedback about something you did in practice on monday and it's friday that's not going to feel impactful for you because it feels like a long time ago it no longer feels relevant when we sit on feedback it also can create this perception to the feedback receiver that we've been trying to build up ammunition against them almost whereas we're building a case if I deliver feedback in the moment, it feels much less attacking and ill-motivated because for it's visceral, it happened just then. Anything you want to add in here before I continue?
1: No, no, um, no. I'm loving what you're saying. I mean, it's it just it it makes so sense. It makes so much sense, especially with the timing of it, of because you have to connect what you did as the player to what they're telling you. And if you don't remember that, you know, your perception trying to remember it based upon what they remember, maybe two completely different things.
0: Yeah, and the concrete and specific, it would be helpful if I give an example. I played volleyball in college, I was a setter. It would, if something that setters often have to do is square their hips to where they want to set the ball. If a coach, my coach said to me, square your hips, square your hips, that's specific. But if they said on that last play, your hips were not squared to the outside, they were squared to the back corner, that's specific and concrete. Now I know exactly what I was doing when I did it. And now on the next play, I can make a correction as opposed to them making some blanket statement about you never get your hips to the outside or you never square up your hips. So, so far we've gone through feedback needs to be concrete and specific. Talk about when did you actually observe this happen and what detail can you give them to describe what you objectively observed? You want to give that feedback in a timely manner, meaning as close to the event as possible. And if you can do it privately, that's better. It's, there's a saying praise publicly, criticize privately. Nobody likes to be given critical feedback in front of people now. There are times when you can't necessarily help this if you're in a team environment and you're giving feedback in front of the group, but you do want to be mindful of your giving. You're criticizing someone in front of their peers, and depending on that person's self-esteem, that could cause more harm than good. Whereas, if if it's crucial that you deliver it in the moment for whatever reason that might be, fine. But in most cases. You can wait until you find a moment to do it privately with this person, even if it means pulling them outside of the huddle and having a one-on-one conversation with them. The third characteristic is your feedback should be observed and not inferred. Observed means I'm not putting my judgment on it. Let's imagine you were late to practice. And I, an observed piece of feedback would be, Marcus, you were 10 minutes late to practice today. An inferred piece of feedback would be, Marcus, uh, uh, it's obvious you don't care about this team. And I've heard that. Yeah. And it's we can't do that because all we're doing is we're putting our subjective judgment on someone's behavior, but we have no idea why or why. or. Why not? They did a certain thing. It would be better for me to say, Marcus, you were 10 minutes late to practice today. Talk, talk me through why that happened, what's going on, what prevented you from getting here on time. Now I'm gathering information and I can begin to understand where the root of the, the issue is and offer you feedback that may actually influence your behavior. Whereas if you come to the field and I say, Marcus, you're ten minutes late. Clearly, you don't click. you don't care about this team. Now it becomes an argument about how much you care about this team, which is subjective, and neither of us is going to win that argument and
1: it totally goes away from why you were late
0: exactly. You're not solving the problem. You're not solving the problem. The fourth the fourth characteristic of giving good feedback is, As the feedback giver, you want to make sure that your feedback is what I call drawn in sand, not in stone, meaning there are times when we're going to give feedback and we're going to be wrong. And when we give that feedback, we are going to be given information that proves us wrong. We have to be prepared for that. And if our true objective is to simply help this person perform at a higher level or increase their competence in something or even increase their self-confidence in something, I should be okay with being proven wrong because it was never about being right in the first place. It was about giving them information to improve something for them. And you know,
1: and and it's funny because um, I think the one thing that maybe sometimes us coaches miss out on, and maybe some players miss that point too, is we're there to help or we Mm -hmm. should be there to help. This is not an opportunity for, you know, to have the last word or to be the authoritarian, maybe you don't have that authoritarian position in your life somewhere. So this is where you can exert it on a bunch of ten-year-olds, um, type thing. But you know we should be there to help and to to help these players, whatever their goals are.
0: Right. Yeah, we should be connected to the outcome, not about being right. And then the f- the final consideration or characteristic of great feedback is when you give feedback it's we need to remember that that feedback is our our perception of something that happened we have to take ownership of our own feelings about what happened our own experiences and our reactions meaning my react. My perception of your behavior is my perception of your behavior. That doesn't make it right. When I give, if I'm giving you feedback, Marcus, I also am realizing that my perspective of this may be different than your perspective. And it's about me sharing my perspective, hopefully creating an environment where you feel safe enough to share your perspective. And then the two of us together, understanding what, what do we share in our realities and what can we take and do with that in order to improve something in the future for both you and I.
1: Those are some great things to, to remember. Um, I'm sure most of this applies to the parent side of providing feedback to their kids. My daughter has a saying, um, she says, you can't hurt my feelings. My dad was my coach. (laughs) Um, and you know, and she's right. I've always been very, uh, open and honest with her sometimes a little bit too much Um, and our relationship has grown well over the years as she's gotten older and as opposed to me giving her feedback she now solicits it from me on her own which I think makes it so much better you know I'll get a text after a match you know all right be honest with me how did I do you know that type of thing which makes me feel good and feels makes me feel good about the relationship um is it pretty much the same thing for a parent or is there a little bit different dynamic do you think
0: what i tell people i've done a few workshops on feedback with corporate professionals and there's a lot of crossover and we've been talking about that something i always say is if you want to know how to be successful giving feedback think about a moment in your life when you received feedback that you actually acted on what was true about that moment, about the timing that it was delivered in, about the way it was delivered, about who it came from that allowed you to act on it. And when you really think about that, what you realize is that there are very few moments in your life where you've been given feedback and you've actually acted on it. What that tells me is giving unsolicited feedback generally isn't a bad idea. And I say bad idea in that if your goal is to get someone to change their behavior and they're not soliciting that from you, you're just really falling on deaf ears. You're giving information to someone who does not have a vested interest in getting information. Now, that doesn't mean we can't give feedback. It just means you you want to create an environment where this person might be interested in soliciting your feedback, if that's your kid, if that's an athlete that you coach. And you can pose questions. I could say, Marcus, I I loved being at your game today. There were a few things that I saw and I'm curious, would you like me to share my perspective of, of how you played today? And if you say no, I'm going to honor that and not say anything, but I'm going to let you know that I observed something and I'm willing to share it with you if you're interested in hearing it, but I'm letting you decide. Because if you opt in, to receiving that feedback, the chances of you actually acting on it are going to increase tremendously.
1: And the great thing about that too is that you put that out there, they may not be ready to accept feedback at that moment, but they know that you have it. And then when they're ready, they can come to where, you know, they can approach you. And whether that's the next day, later that week, after they get something to eat, which usually helps, um, you know, they know that it's there.
0: Right. And you could also the analogy I'm going to use here is there, I know some parents with little kids who want their kids to eat more vegetables. So they, they grind them up and they mix them in with brownies. I think if we apply that same concept to feedback, if let's say I watch you play I'm watching you play soccer, and I'm a parent, and I I have some feedback that I want to give you, and I feel pretty confident in the feedback I want to give you, as opposed to making it personal to you. Let's say I'm wanting you to try out some type of strategy, some new strategy when it comes to how you approach the ball. Instead of making it personal about you, what I might do is maybe I'll go on YouTube and find a video of some highly credible soccer player and say, have you ever watched how this person approaches the ball? Have you thought about Trying it out like this. What do you think would happen if you tried it like this? Now I'm not telling, I'm not making any statement about the way you play. I'm simply opening your eyes to another approach, which is exactly where I wanted to get you in the first place. And now it doesn't feel personal to you. And I might pique your curiosity enough to say, huh, maybe I should try it like that. Maybe that would help me.
1: That's a great that's a great approach. I like that a lot. We're speaking to uh, Jenny Rerick, communication coach, fit to speak, as we kind of wrap things up here on the podcast. Talk to us a little bit about that peer-to-peer feedback. That can be such a tricky uh, thing to navigate because you want to be able to provide positive feedback to your teammate, but at the same time, you don't want to alienate them or upset the team chemistry, that type of thing. What advice would you give to those players that want to be able to help their other player, you know, and 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 give them feedback?
0: then mm-hmm. then the first place you need to start is to take an inventory of your relationship with that person. I've heard it put as a relationship has pluses and minuses, meaning there are moments of praise and moments of criticism. Your for people to be open, to considering criticism or receiving feedback, it needs to have been equally balanced with praise. If you and I are pra- if you and I are at a practice, Marcus, we're teammates, and the entire hour, I'm just constantly giving you critical feedback about what I'm observing about your style, and I'm not balancing that with some amount of praise. You're going to just at some point start ignoring me because or feeling defensive because everything that's coming out of my mouth is negative. Whereas if I spent as much time looking for things that you're doing well, as I spent looking for things that you're doing wrong. And I vocalized both of those in with equal amount of detail. When I do give you the critical feedback, because you've already also heard me praising you, you will be more open to receiving it because you know, I'm, I'm not only one-sided what, What we know is when we give people critical feedback, we're really good at being specific about what we didn't like or what we think they could do better. But when we give praise, typically our praise is much more generic. It's just, hey, great job. That was a great play. Whereas it would be better for me to give you more detailed praise to match how detailed I'm going to get with my critical feedback. So I might say the way you approach that ball so aggressively and I'm I'm not familiar enough with soccer to keep going with this, but the way you approached that ball was so aggressive, and you you had that plant foot that was amazing. I I haven't seen you approach the ball like that in a long time. Great job. That is so much more effective than me saying great great play there, Marcus.
1: Gives it so a little would, bit more credibility.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I would say net, net from a peer standpoint, you have to make sure your relationship is balanced. Don't only look for things to criticize someone about and vocalize those, give them an equal amount of specific praise as well. And the more you can get balanced between those two things, they will be open and probably less defensive. Anytime you do offer them critical feedback.
1: Excellent stuff. Jenny is a wonderful follow on social media. A lot of stuff that she's been putting out lately has been uh, uh, really good and just very thought provoking too. Um, Jenny, where can they find you and uh, your website and stuff?
0: Yes, thanks, Marcus. I appreciate that. My website is www.fit-two. That's t-o-speak.com. And then on, I post on Twitter and Instagram, both of those handles are on the website. So the website's the best place to reach me.
1: Excellent. And like I said, she's a great follow. We uh, repost a lot of the stuff that uh, Jenny puts out there and uh, just, just so much, so much information on just things that you don't normally think about when you communicate, because I think we take communication for granted nowadays, and, and we just don't, think about sometimes the words that we use and the approaches that we take and um, we just don't think about it enough and and it, just a little bit more careful thought. I mean, I'm not saying we gotta watch every single word that we say, but just a little bit more careful thought. And, and you brought up a great word, mindfulness. Mm. If we were just a little bit more mindful of the things that we say, we probably would be better communicators.
0: Yeah. The, I always tell people before you speak, the best question you can ask yourself is how might this person feel when I say this? And most often you'll find that you're just going to keep your mouth shut.
1: (laughs) You know, you're exactly right on that. I've done that so many times and I'll, I'll start drafting an email and then I look at it. I read it afterwards and I go delete. Yes. It's like, what was the point of that email going to that person? What was I going to accomplish other than just venting about them to them? That's right. You know, probably the wrong person I need to vent to about <laughs> yes. them is to them. But Jenny Rerick, communication coach, fit to speak. Thank you so much for coming back on the program. We really appreciate it.
0: Uh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure, Marcus. Thanks for having
1: me. And thank you for listening to the show. Remember, make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. You can catch a brand new episode every Thursday morning here on the WVSA Digital Network. Or find us on our social media
1: platforms at WVSoccer. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.